This is episode 29 with the Lizard Kings. Happy spring, everybody. I hope you're getting out safely and enjoying the spring weather. I know I am trying to. I'm actually out of my patio recording this intro and outro, so I apologize for any background noise you might be hearing, but I couldn't resist the outdoors today. Hopefully you're hearing some of the birds. Uh, So as I already said, this episode features the Lizard Kings. All but one of the band members showed up virtually from their respective homes, so you will be hearing many voices today. Uh, Some a little more clear than others, but I am incredibly honored that they took time out to interview with the show. We are going to discuss their inspirations, creative processes, and always a little advice. Um, They're going to share four tracks with you guys. Two off a previous record and two off their recently released record. We will discuss them all as well as their filming and video of the first single off the new release, Jim Crow's Shadow. Uh, Link for the video will be down below and I hope you enjoy. All right. So everybody, I am here with the Lizard Kings. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves individually and tell the listeners of what kind of music you do and a little bit about yourselves. Well, I'm Wally B. Ford. I'm uh, the main songwriter and I play guitar. And I guess we call our music Deep Fried Original Memphis Music. It's kind of a mixture of blues and rock and a lot of different things thrown in together. And we kind of mix it up. It's... uh, Kind of a mixture of a lot of different things. All right, Charles. Charles, uh, Charles Ponder. Yes, I'm the, the vocalist, lead vocalist. Sometimes I play a little harmonica if they let me. Um, and uh, <laughs> all right, and Tim. Yes, my name is Tim Goolsby. I'm the mainly the bass bass player for them. I do, I do a little backups, but, but yeah, I, I play okay. All right, and Dwayne. Hey, I'm Dwayne Call, and I'm the drummer for the Lizard Kings, and I I guess I'm the second longest standing member of the band since like 2014, so that's, wow, seven years. Uh, I can't even believe it's been seven years. Uh, yeah, really? And I'll, although I'm the drummer, I will admit, you know, Tim crashes a cymbal every now and again, and, uh, you know, he does drums and percussion as well during the show. It's always awesome. Okay, how'd you guys get together? I know you've been together for a while, but how'd you get together? Well, I had the band back in the 90s. I, I started recording a CD. I was in college, studied music at the University of Memphis, and I started recording a CD for Eddie. He's sitting over here. And uh, I wanted to put a band together to play the, the music we were recording. And uh, put the, the first Lizard Kings together. That was back in 1994. And uh, we played around Memphis for a, a few years. And then uh, I moved up into the country because uh, personal, like, drug, those personal problems. And uh, stayed up there. I quit the music all together. For about ten years. Oh wow! And uh, and then it came back to Memphis. I guess it was maybe early two thousand, and uh, started playing again. And one thing led to another, and we ended up getting together. Dwayne's the one that's been with us the longest that's in the band now, and uh, then Charles and. Tim and Steve's our newest addition. He's not with us tonight. He's on his way to California, but it's uh, it's kind of an extension of something that started back in the 90s. Yeah, and when we got together the, uh, this, with this edition, uh, we were trying to come up with a name. Because mm-hmm. uh, Wally didn't want to use the same name. He said, he said, well, you know, that band is gone, so what are we going to name the band? You know, with, with all different folks on it. Only person that was the same was Wally. And, uh, and then it was Wally Ford and the Lizard Kings. Mm. And, uh, we, we just said, Hey man, why change it? It's not broke. Don't fix it. You know, yeah. Lizard Kings cool with everybody. So that's why we kept the name. 
And uh, we got the well. I got I got the band. But was it five years ago? Five, six years ago. Yeah, man. That and Wayne used awesome. to play at a at some at a friend's house, and I just liked the way he played drums. I, I I said, hey man, I'd love to work with you one day. I said because I mean, as a drummer, you look and say, hey man, he's getting ready to do something. We're like simpaticos. <laughs> so this this group of guys, how long have you guys been together? With with everyone is about seven years. Mm-hmm. And was there like a magic moment where you were like, "This works. This is the combination." I'd say ever since we first got together, it's been like that. Just just worked. Yeah, yeah. It, it worked. It, it worked better with, with with Tim. When Tim got in, we really knew it was it was all. When Tim came in, it was really right because we were trying we were trying with uh, another bass player. And then we said, well, we got to find another bass player because he dropped out. And then Tim showed up. And he was like, I'm not taking no from you. <laughs> He's like, you want me. <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. Thank you, buddy. Oh, Aww. man. Is this I'm the first time you guys picks. have seen each other in a while? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Kind of keeping your distances because of COVID or... Yeah, we haven't we haven't rehearsed or anything in months. Yeah, yeah, month. yeah. I think I. Wally, Wally out. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> you know, I mean, I've seen. I think I've seen Wally twice in this last year, and that's to grab a laptop and work on it for him. And I think I've seen Tim once in the past year, and I mean, really, we just you know we. We, we're taking COVID very seriously. <laughs> we're not trying to be overbearing old curmudgeons, but we, well, you know, no, but we want to live stuff. Yeah. <laughs> breathing is good. Breathing is a necessity, and not enough people are taking it serious. And I know it's been hard on musicians. How have you guys been getting through? Uh, I've been DoorDash. I've just gone with the gig economy and just said, well, let's, let's roll with it. Uh, I, I'm away. I, I get to see people, but I don't get to touch them. Yeah. You know, keep my distance, do what I got to do, and I come home when I get ready. We're, we're huggers. We, we, we're good friends. Oh, yeah, yeah. It hurts are us not guys, to be together. Are you, guys being, are you guys able to practice virtually, or? No. Nah. No. no, we haven't done anything we, like I, that. I keep busy. I, I sing all the time, but, you know, it's just, you know, I, can't, I can't sing with the guys. What do you call your type of music again in your work? Original deep fried Memphis music. Mm-hmm. All right, how'd you come up with that? I think it was me. It was, yeah. We 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 were just talking about. I said, "Well, what are we gonna call this that we Memphis soul stew?" You know, and I said, "Well, I said everybody deep fries everything now, so let's call us deep fried because you know we 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 put a whole lot of stuff into it." And we, just mix it all together so we deep fry. Take a bite. Mm-hmm. You don't know what you're going to get, but you get a lot of a lot of different tastes. Another thing that spawned that as well was um, because we do majority. In fact, it's all original. All of our music is original. Wally is the songwriter. Uh, on the last CD we put out, we were fortunate to have some other songs by Charles on there and myself mm-hmm. and and Jesse Brandstetter, uh, who's who's no longer in the band. But when we've gone back and forth through the years, uh, we've debated about whether we want to do cover songs or not, mm-hmm. whether it was advantageous to do cover songs. So another way that the deep fried moniker kind of came up was, you know, if, if we're going to do cover songs, we need to deep fry them and kind of make them our own and not just do them, okay. you know, pat. So that was a term we used. If we'll do covers, but we got to deep fry them. And so that's that's another roundabout way that deep fried Memphis music. Where'd you get the Iron Maiden song? Iron Maiden. <laughs> Where'd you get that from? Yeah, you know, he accused us of doing an Iron Maiden cover one night. We were like, Iron Maiden, yeah, really? I mean, uh, <laughs> Iron Maiden, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Wally, you've been the one who's done a majority. It sounds like of of the songwriting. How'd you get into songwriting? Oh, when I was twelve years old. I grew up with my grandparents because my parents divorced when I was real young, when I was a baby. I grew up with my grandparents, and my grandfather played guitar. 
in a gospel group. That's how he met my grandmother. And his father was actually in vaudeville. He played the violin, the fiddle, I guess it was called. When I was 12, when I was 12 years old, my grandfather <laughs> bought me a guitar, and I didn't know any songs, so I just started writing songs. I started writing my own songs, and uh, that's pretty much how I learned to play the guitar. Just started writing and just kept doing it. And then the more, the longer I did it, the better I got at it. Uh, Charles, when did you start? When did you start falling in love with music? I guess with mom, because we used to do like family sing-arounds, uh, folk music. We pull out a songbook and uh, had all kinds of folk songs in it, and we used to sing them all the time. And my favorite was "She'll Be Coming Around the Mountain," you know. So we that was I, I used to like the chicken and dumplings. We all had chicken and dumplings when we come. Uh, <laughs> I fell in love with it from that point on. I guess you know because. My whole family, we all sit around and just sing. Right. I don't even go for it. They knew what I was going to sing. She'll be coming around the mountain when she comes. So <laughs> that was my favorite. Tim's down there playing playing his bass guitar. Tim, when did you fall in love with music? Yeah, yeah. My dad, uh, he he played uh, he played country music, so he got me really into music and. I didn't care for what he did, and he didn't care what I did, but hey, it, it started, and it was... Okay, and Dwayne? Man, I fell in love with music from the earliest uh, age, because it was always around my house, and I was very lucky to have a diverse influence of music. Um, you know, bluegrass from my grandfather, um, gospel from my grandmother, I got, you know, Hendrix from my uncle who went to Vietnam, etc etc so i i grew up listening to all kinds of music but i actually did not become a musician until i was 40 years of age and i did it on a dare you know from a co-worker it was like hey man i'm gonna get a guitar you get the drums you've always wanted to be a drummer and let's do this and i'm still drumming and he never really got the guitar and did anything with it so yeah i thanked him i thank him for spurring me on man yeah for for making me take that step too you know, live this dream to be a musician, which is kind of what I always wanted to do. Uh, I just waited so late to get started. Better late than never. The Off Lost in Paradise, the the first album you guys sent me, the first song I want to talk about is Love's Fire. Why don't you tell me about that song? Uh, well, that, that's one I wrote. And uh, I guess I wrote that one back in like 90, 95, 96. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was... I was smitten by a girl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, isn't that and, how most love songs start? <laughs> yeah. And and I just I just liked the way she was and I, and I said, Well, ooh, that's a girl you just and, and she was kind of kind of fiery. So yeah, I mean she said what she had to say and had no nonsense and I just said, Ooh, I like it. Ooh, I like it. And then it just it just came. I went home and and it came out just just quick and simple. A couple of them did actually, at that point. But uh, I had nobody to. I, I basically wrote the lyrics and had my own tune. I had my own tune in my head, and and then the guys one day said, "I said, well, I'd like to do this song," and uh, it sounded like one that Wally wrote. And so I said, "No, we can't do it. I can't do two songs that sound alike. You know, yours and then mine. We can't do that." And so uh, I, I was late for rehearsal one day, and the guy I came in, and the guys they were jamming. I was like, "Wow, ooh, what song is this? What's the name of it?" They said it doesn't have a name. I said it does now, and, mm-hmm. and that's the thing. But it was so, just it was just about a girl. Was it an unrequited love song, or did it help you with the girl? No, it was unrequited. Damn. <laughs> you know, but at least she got a copy. Of it. I said, "I read this song for you." But we're still good friends. You got a song out of the deal. Yeah, I got two. I got actually two. I haven't heard the other one.
Don't be afraid to communicate What's really going on inside you You ignited me A love created energy As love vibrates, I think you should know I want you to be the one with me situations, yeah. Pouring rain 
breeze So my friend Be like the oak And learn to roll With the flow Don't touch your branches In the pouring rain When storms of life Become hurricanes A tree must bend So his trunk won't break Don't touch your branches Learn to move and sway your new album i want to jump into uh the the video that you did but we're going to save that song for last so why don't you tell me about uh so gone so long well eddie eddie's right eddie sit over here for a minute eddie that's a title i had one day of course he, wally and i are always coming with titles and ideas and then we get together and, and we work them out and so, so gone so long is just what it says. It's like you're, you've been in a relationship and you're done. You know, it's like out of here and so long, goodbye. And we just started writing and I think we went through one version of it. Then as he and I often do, we rewrite a lot. And so we came up with the theme of going to New Orleans, you know, just because in the South, it's just the go-to city, yeah. place to go, go and for, just forget about it all. And the track turned out really great. And uh, it's one of my favorite tracks on the CD. Now, Eddie, who are you Who are you in the Lizard Kings? We didn't get a chance to introduce you. I'm so sorry. Well, I'm co-writer. Wally and I write together. Okay. And Lost in Paradise was something that the band did. Wally and I often collaborate with a lot of blues. And so this particular CD, Jim Crow Shadow, was a collaboration between Wally and me and the band you know, recorded the song and performs the song. So I was co-producer and co-writer on Jim Crow Shadow. And, and I own the studio, Inside Sounds is the studio. Oh, okay. And is the studio in Memphis? Yeah, yeah. Inside Sounds, and we work with a lot of real diverse artists. You know, we, we work with blues bands like Daddy Mac Blues Band or... Um, there's Sandy Carroll, who's a blues artist. David Evans, who's a, uh, a acoustic blues artist. A Ghost Town blues band, and uh, we've done a we did a series, which is real interesting. And Charles was a part of uh, the Fried Glass Onions Memphis Meets the Beatles series. We produced mm -hmm. four CDs, um, basically Beatles tribute with a Memphis twist. And so we uh, we had concerts cool. around the area. And we released four CDs over the years. So we've done a lot of different things like that. That's really some of my favorite stuff, too, from, from yeah. Inside Sounds. It's the fried glass onion stuff, man. That's that's good stuff, for sure. Yeah, I'm going to have to look that up. If you can send me some links, that'd be great, because that sounds... I'm a huge Beatles fan. So I'm uh, down. <laughs> wonderful players. I mean, incredible musicians. Um, we had a studio band... It was uh, sort of the focal point of it, but we also brought in different Memphis bands that wanted to be a part of the project. And uh, of course, as I mentioned, Charles uh, sang In My Life, uh, Day Tripper is another one, uh, She's a Woman. But you can look up Pride Last Night in Memphis Meets Beatles, and I mean, it sold you know, a few thousand copies over the years. It goes back, I think, between 2006 and 2012, we produced four CDs. I'm leaving 
if I had to crawl I'd be dancing in the street, yeah Down at the Mardi Gras So long It's time I was traveling on So long Louisiana's calling me home question well not the last well the last question about the new album is Jim Crow's Shadow so why don't y'all tell me about that track because that is a very very rele- relevant track it is some relevant uh, I mean Wally and Eddie and Wally wrote it but uh, it, it, when I first heard it, it it just hit me like a ton of bricks I mean I guess because we're living in it you know? we are yeah and uh, and and my take on it is it's not just a, a black white issue. It's, it's a universal issue. Yeah. Yeah, you know, because uh, Jim Jim Crow affects the world, not not just not just a group of people. It it affects everyone. How yeah. we get along and how we how we separate each other. And. My thing in video, I was I wanted to, to get across. We never we never got to the sign, but the, the last thing I wanted people to see was there's one race, right? The human race. The human you're not race. Human, then you know that's it. You're you're either a dog or a shrimp or a lobster or something else. Yeah, honest, you know, and, and straightforward about the song itself. For me personally, it really uh, was. I guess a um, an expression of the frustration of the Trump era. I mean, yeah. all that dark side of America was, was this underbelly was coming out, and of course, Jim Crow laws. I mean, a lot of a lot of people coming up don't understand what Jim Crow even was. Mm-hmm. Basically, were laws and uh, customs, if you want to call them that, that um, 
discriminated black people and disenfranchised them for a hundred years or more. And so in the last few years, of course, in the, in the United States, we've seen Jim Crow rearing his ugly head again. So it's yeah. kind of a unique... We're Jim still Crow, living in the yeah. shadow of Jim we're Crow. We're like we're living in the shadow of Jim Crow. And so Wally and I worked on that song. At first it was something else. It was just a blues song. And, and then uh, we and brainstormed on it and we, came up with Jim Crow's shadow. We actually wrote a whole song, and then we weren't happy with it. And mm-hmm. we threw it away, away and, and then came up with this idea of Jim Crow's shadow. And it fit really well. And it actually was written before the uh, protests and everything that went on last year. The song was, actually, we recorded it about a year and a half ago. Yeah. Um, wow. Came back into the studio what well, was 2019, we recorded it. Then we took a break from those sessions with the Lizard King, and we came back in at the January of 2020. And mm-hmm. actually, uh, the week we finished the recording project, the next week was when everything went into lockdown for COVID, so we finished it just in the right time. Yeah, the entire CD was finished the week of the COVID lockdown. With all the uh, politics and protests, you know, we uh, came up with this concept. We brain again. We brainstormed. We thought Jim Crow's Shadow would be the perfect video. And of course, because of COVID, and, you know, and social distancing, we couldn't get the whole band together. So yeah. it worked great. Just the only person, and that's all you needed. And then, of course, you've got downtown Memphis and the scenery and the historic buildings, and you know, the Lorraine Motel, which is now the Civil Rights Museum, um, where you know Martin Luther King was assassinated. So that was sort of one of the points of the video. And so it, it uh, we really uh, were, were very satisfied with the video. I'm glad you like it, too. We're, I we're did. I've, I've played it for a couple people. And I, I'm really I was I'm really surprised that you wrote it before because it just it hits in such a way that I thought you guys had done it like had been moved by the, the protests. But yeah, that that's what inspired me. It's like, uh, you know, originally I'm from Newark, New mm-hmm. Jersey. And so in 67, we had the long, hot summer, you know, where riots and everything was going yeah. on. And, you know, I, I still communicate with a lot of my classmates. And so one of my classmates sent me the Life magazine picture from Newark. I mm-hmm. said, oh, man, because, well, I mean, it was kind of gross because it was like someone at, at my age at that time, like 10 or 12 years old, dead in the street. Mm. Uh, that got shot. So, I mean, Life Magazine was really hard. They used to do all kinds of stuff. So they had that picture. I said, well, well, Eddie, what do you think about what this Jim Crow shadows and showing some of the unrest back then and going on now? And he said, well, he said, yeah, that's a little bit too hard, but we'll come up with something else. We searched a lot of, a lot of pictures, found a lot of uh, photographers that were taking pictures of the Black Lives Matter and different things like that. And, and uh, tried to get some stuff that I knew about when I was a kid, uh, pictures from back then. So I got a lot, you know, a lot of pictures. You could, you'd be hard pressed not to find anything from any era where there was not an unrest. We feel like, like you say, it sounds like it was written during all of that. But when you think it really about does. it, Charlotte, three years ago or whenever yeah. that was, you know, mm-hmm. different things going on. And um, but yeah, we actually had finished the the recording of that song, you know, before the lockdown even, and, and we had the first initial uh, basic tracks were recorded the previous year even. But of course, with everything going on, we didn't release the, the CD because you know the band wasn't performing. It kind of put a it was a screeching halt, you know, to lot yeah. for a lot of people. Not sure what to do, and then you feel a little bit stuck for a minute. And then uh, we waited months before we even released the CD. Yeah. And then once we got in, in gear to release the CD, we talked about, we got to do a video of this song. And as Charles explained, all these photographs were an integral part of telling the story. Did you know, uh, you know of course, part of uh, blues music is the jug band tradition. And Louisville was, you know, back in the 20s and I guess 30s, was a, a, a real hot spot for jug band music. I don't know if you knew that. In New Orleans, Memphis. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in Louisville, Kentucky's more than just bluegrass music, you know? 
So, um, but um, yeah, that downtown Memphis, you know, and and obviously the Lorraine Motel, um, Civil Rights Museum, that was, uh, you know, uh, integral to the story. And we did plan, you know, certain places to go. And then some of it, you know, Memphis is real interesting. Downtown Memphis is it's a great spot for indie movies, you know. And oh. every now and then we get a pretty authentic, you know. There's that- some of the scenes in Mississippi, the scenes where Charles is, is uh, holding some cotton in his hand. And that was shot, you know, like just across the state line in Mississippi, North Mississippi. But we did yeah, we were all, looking all for the cotton field in cotton. And then when we got when we got where we were, we saw the cotton was chopped down. And I was like, "Well, how are we gonna shoot this? There's no cotton." And we walked. I walked in the field and I found this little bulb. I said, "Now, th- I'm from I'm from the city. Yeah, the only cotton I pick is off the off the rack." Cotton balls. <laughs> right. So. So I picked up I picked up a bowl and I was looking at it. And I said, "Wow, all this for this little bowl!" And he yeah. filmed it. And it's just, it's just just magical. Matt, it is really- Matt Isabel, Matt, Matt Isabel shot there. didn't uh, wait until all of this was over to release that music because everything that you sent me is fantastic like you're very very good band and you don't hear good memphis blues a lot enough for me i love it 
I think we're all in a time where we need more music right now. I mean, I consider us very fortunate to have uh, been able to release new material during the lockdown. Uh, so many artists that are just at our level, I mean, they, they just were not able to sustain anything. And thank you, Eddie. We were able to actually put something out and keep our name out there on the on social media and, you know, in the followers' mouths. And that's a good thing. Yeah, you know, because we're in the underground. So. Well, we had to do it. I mean, you know, I... I... You know, I guess uh, it's that whatever, if you want to call it the work ethic, and Wally will tell you this too. We, we, ha you know, we 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 really enjoy writing songs, um, and but we like to see them produced, you know, and released. And uh, at the label, you know, over the years, we this, this label has released about 90 CDs. Um, so it's just, you know, I hate to go a year without releasing one. And um, at least last year with COVID and everything else, like you said, it's, it's, I'm glad we did get something out because uh, for a while there, I just wasn't sure what to do because, you know, even though we got some airplay and some attention and, of course, the video uh, got views on YouTube, um, we knew the band couldn't perform. And it's hard to support a recording if the band can't be in front of an audience. But, but it, you know, uh, I guess a lot of new CDs probably came out uh, at the end of the summer, beginning of the fall, I think a lot of people just had pent up creativity, you know, uh -huh. um, and went ahead with CDs because we, you know, definitely, I think across the board in the industry, there, there wasn't a whole lot of music, not as much music released as there, there normally was. So, but that picked up, you know, towards the fall. So, yeah, we're real happy we got it out. And like you said, I mean, I'm glad we didn't hold it back any longer. What? advice would you give somebody who wants to start writing music? I'd say just do it. Just The more you do it, the better you get at it. And listen to everything. Listen, yeah. listen and learn. The radio is the best teacher or, or podcast or whatever you listen to is the best teacher because usually those are people that are doing it right, you know? And, uh, if you don't know what you're doing, that's just probably one of the best ways to learn, you know. Not only that, but learn from other writers. You know, work with other writers, write with them. Go in studios and, you know, if you have some money, go in recording studios and cut your songs and learn from the people in the studios and keep doing it and learn from everybody you can and try to get better. That's all I can say. Okay, Charles. Well, with, well, with me, it's an inspiration type of thing. And my songs come from inspiration, like I said, uh, one that came from Unrequited Love, and, and the other one I wrote for Heart of the City. My, my daughter said something that that's like, oh, wow. I said, I bet you I can make that into a song. And so each line came over, and I was inspired. I would hear, I would hear, some, uh, hear something, and I said, oh, man. That's what I need to put in the song, and I, I changed the way the way it was said and to fit what I wanted to what I wanted to say. And anytime I'm inspired to, to write anything, I write it down. I mean, if if you if you look at notebooks around my house and this phone here has, has tons of stuff that I, oh I like that and I, I'll sit it and type it out. People will say, "What are you doing?" I say, "I, I was inspired to write something." So. I, it may may not be but a, a line or two, but you know I write it out. I like Wally said. I I just write it out. I'm not. I don't get with uh, too many other writers, so you know. I just I just write it out myself, and then when if I get with Wally or somebody else, because I got with Wally on uh, Heart of the City, and Wally said, "Well, you shouldn't do it like this. You should do it like this." I said, "Okay," and so you know that that helped me out. Tim, what about you? Man, I just I just go along with the groove, and I don't write, but I start up something, and I'll start playing. So, we'll, so we'll just do it. Way. Yeah, yeah. Just do it. Just got that feel, and just make it happen. And if you go in there the next day, you might have a different feel with the same song. You just just stuff happens. Yes, uh. <laughs> just I wish I could write like those guys. I just. I've just always been just the bass player. Well, I mean, what would you say to somebody who wanted to start playing the bass who's just starting out? Oh, man. Oh. Just attack it and just play it. Let it come from the heart. And 
the rest falls, the fall where they fall, you know? Yeah. Just, I just totally enjoy it. Uh, when I went and heard, they, they, they give me a couple of songs and I fell in love with the songs and said, I want to play those songs with y'all, you know? <laughs> so I sort of, I had to fight a little bit, you know, and, and go there and look it out and enjoyed it and they could see how I, my love for it, for love for what their music was at that time. I'm a lizard for life. You know, so. <laughs> for life. Y'all have got to get shirts that say that. I, 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 something like that. We have to come up with some new thing, you know, like lizards for life or something. <laughs> like a, a lizard fever shirt. Remember lizard fever? I call it lizard fever. Dwayne, what would you say to somebody who wanted to start playing drums who's new to it? Hey, man, I think I'm a perfect example of that. Number one, you're never too late to start. If you have your commitment, it's something that you want to do. Uh, you will make time to do it. I, I talk to so many people, and I hear them say, man, that's great. I would really love to do that, almost in a defeatist attitude. And, and my, my approach is, if you really want to do it, you'll find the time. You'll make it a priority, and you will find the time to make it happen. Same thing with the songwriting. I only consider myself to be an extremely novice songwriter at this point, but everything they said is true as far as exposure, perseverance, practicing the craft, but also knowing a little bit about yourself and figuring out what works best for you. Because I know now in my position as a songwriter, I'm not somebody that can sit down and just bang out songs and, and, and do that. I'm not, I'm not that accomplished. So I work better with a partner. So uh -huh. It's a matter of finding the right partner and somebody that inspires you. And I've worked with a couple of different people. You know, Wally and Charles and I tried to, you know, we tried to write one night. Uh, you know, that we're going to try again at some point. But, you know, you just, you have to know yourself and how, how you work and who compliment, you know, somebody that can compliment you. That's what I had to do was, you know, seek out somebody that had ideas like me unfinished and we could work together to finish them. And here's what I have. For me, that's kind of how it works as a songwriter. But as, as far as, you know, learning an instrument, if you want to do it, you'll do it, you know? You'll just, you'll just do it. Simple as, as it is, you'll, you'll find time and do it, you know, if, you, if, if it means that much to you. Okay. And so I know nobody's really performing live, guys. So what, a, a question that I've started asking just to remind us that it's still out there what is your craziest or funniest or just even just a performing moment for you guys as a group that stands out what stands uh, out for you? I, I, I think wally would agree with me it was like uh, <laughs> um, two years ago we we joined the uh Memphis blue society mm -hmm. and uh they came to a couple of us. She said, why don't, you, why don't you guys come out for the uh, trial for the blues, the blues challenge? We laughed. We said, well, but we're not blues artists. You know, we're, 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 our music is not really blues. They said, well, you know, I said, we have some blues songs, but we're not blues artists. Just come out and try anyway. So, you know, we went around and around and around. Some of us did. Some of us didn't. We said, oh, well, we're trying to get out. So let's. Let's let's go out and and our thing was we tried out for the for the uh, blues foundation uh, blues challenge. We didn't mm -hmm. think we we're gonna win. It's just a, just a chance for exposure, right? You know? And the killing part was when they announced it. They announced that we won. We were like, what? <laughs> uh, okay. I'm jumping up and down, screaming. Like, who, who are the loser kings? <laughs> uh, American Idol movie. Another thing that stands out for me is uh, we got a gig down at Ground Zero Blues Club. And like Charles said, we're not really a blues band. We play a lot of blues. But mm -hmm. we got down there and uh, Bill Luckett, Morgan, Morgan uh, Freeman, Sweet. he's a famous actor. Him and Bill Luckett own it. So we get down there and Bill Luckett, he's down there. And we were talking to him, and, and we told him we were an all-original band. And he said, well, if I'd known y'all were an all-original band, I wouldn't have hired you. And so, uh, so, uh, so uh, we got up and played, and he, he thought he liked us a whole lot. We played down there ever since then, a lot of times. 
We've been there seven times now. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> well, I'm a, I don't want to keep you guys any longer. I want to thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate you. I'm going to. Hi, Renell. Thank you, Renell. We appreciate you very much. Nice Absolutely. All right, everyone, that was the Lizard Kings, and this was episode 29. I want to thank you all for stopping by this week, and I hope you enjoyed the music and the conversation. As always, please drop down into the description section below and make sure you go to the band's social media pages, etc. Show them love. I want to thank everyone who is supporting this podcast. I'm seeing a lot of growth, and I cannot describe how incredibly grateful I am for that. Um, But if you could do me a favor though, if you listen regularly, please click the subscribe button. It really does help me out. And as always, be kind, make some noise.